When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back into the KSR Football Podcast presented to you by our friends at Justice Dental. I'm Nick Roush, joined by Adam Luckett, Freddie Maggard, and Justice Dental's number one patient, Drew Franklin. Drew, how are the teeth feeling today? Uh, going great. Hadn't been to Justice Dental in about three weeks, so I need to get over there. It's been far too long since I've gotten these things cleaned. If, if you haven't been to either one of their two locations, they got one on Blazer Parkway and then one on Wellington Way. Each side of town, very convenient. Schedule an appointment today. Just go to justicedental.com or give them a call at 859-543-0700 to hang out with Dr. Justice or Doc Thompson. Uh, I'm sure Doc Thompson, if you can hang out with him at the dentist's office and then at the Kroger Field tailgate lot, one of the biggest Wildcat fans out there. Justice Dental, we greatly appreciate them supporting the KSR podcast, KSR football podcast. And um, I actually do want to run into Doc Thompson at the tailgate lot because I'm I'm certain he's got a great setup. There was a there was a lot of great setups out there Saturday. It, it felt felt good to be back out at the Crow. Felt very good to be back at the Crow, and I'll confirm Doc Thompson's great to tailgate with. The man knows his bourbon just like he knows good teeth. Yeah, this Saturday we had lots of fun out there. Um, weather held off was the big part. If there were some after some scares in the forecast. I especially like seeing the young freshmen who are getting their first game day in, who I could tell just driving in and walking <laughs> to the stadium. They didn't make it to kickoff. I saw some people that were already on their way home. But overall, a great environment, especially for a week one game. Well, and Freddie, we thought a lot of people that – there was a lot of people who were worried about the weather, a bunch of worry weather willies, and it didn't keep them away. That's one of the best uh, – it wasn't officially a sold out, but it was awfully darn close. And even if you saw it at kickoff, there was a lot of people who, you know, we're get, we're all getting used to week one that kind of slowly filtered into the stadium. One of the best season opening crowds um, I can remember during the Mark Stoops era. Yeah, it was. I mean, I know KS Bar was packed. And I got there early and went up to the office to get some more prep work in. And it was, it was packed. And the stadium looked packed from my vantage point from my living room and on my porch a few times. So – yeah, it was great for the fans. It was great for the, the players, too, to see that because you built up, which, you know, I find it kind of odd because one of my critiques of the team for Saturday is I didn't see the juice, man. I, I did not feel the juice, didn't see the juice. And, and I, you know, that, that shocked me because of the crowd won, too, because a win stoops with Ty Bear Bryant, three after a long camp. But, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, the crowd was great. The crowd certainly did their part. Let's get into some of the favorite things we saw from Kentucky's 37-13 win. We'll get a little bit more into the critiques later on uh, and, and and give a little sneak peek of Florida because I know that's what's ever, what is on everybody's mind. Lucky, what was the best thing you saw in Kentucky's 24-point win over the Miami Redhawks? Just that Will Levis can be everything we thought he could be. I think – we can talk about this team a lot, but at the end of the day, like they're, they're going as far as seven takes. Them. So there's pieces around them, around him that has to get better. You still want to see him take strides, but you saw him come in and really have full control of the offense. Um, and they created scoring opportunities in seven of their nine possessions. And then one of them was given to him by the defense. So we could say six of eight, but I mean, that's 75%. Like, he was in full control. Um, distributing the ball to multiple targets. 
Um, we saw him make throws at all three levels. We saw him play through some adversity, um, get hit, get sacked, never lost his cool or composure. And I think just him in general, like that was the that was what we needed to see. First step comes out, throws for over three hundred yards, over nine yards per attempt. Um, you know, there was there was some ball placement issues. He could obviously improve, but overall, I thought that was the big thing that he looked like what we thought he could be, and that I think that's a good first step for this season. Yeah, um, I would prefer him to not try to jump over seven dudes on with like five yards to go. Like yeah, maybe, maybe I do say yeah, that for the Florida game. You, you, that's right, but sooner or later, he's going to have to run through an MFer's face, you know. And maybe <laughs> that's what this team needs to get what Freddie's talking about to get some more to get them going. I mean, that is still going to be who he is. Uh, at times, he's going to do that. But yeah, I think yeah, you, know, you don't want to necessarily want to see him diving from the seven yard line on a third to six, <laughs> but that's, that, you know, you go back to the Steve conversation. That's who he, he's going to do some stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, de- I didn't necessarily hate to see, you don't want him to ever lose that. Like he can lose that in the NFL. He doesn't need to lose it a hundred percent right now. He still needs to have some of that. I mean, I think that gives that team, the team an edge a little bit. So I, I mean, that got everybody nervous, but I didn't like, Maybe it's just my, my old offensive lineman inside me. I was like, man, that, that that's still awesome that a quarterback will do that. <laughs> and so I re- really like that uh, that he's still willing to lay his body on the line. He's just got to be smarter, like you said. But overall, I think for him, it was just a good first step for Levis. There's obviously things. That, look, look at him. I mean, takes three guys. guys. I thought he was going to bounce off and spin in the end zone there for a second. <laughs> I just love the mentality. Like, be as confident as Will Levis is trying to jump over three dudes. Like, I, I, I want that blind confidence one day. Maybe it's just a quarterback thing, Freddie. I'm sure back in your Doctor Cool days, you thought you could throw football over, you know, Jellico Mountain. Yeah, there's there's actually a picture, of maybe a KS bar somewhere. I'm doing about the same exact thing he's yeah. doing against Auburn. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I get it. You know what? The best thing from Saturday. Normally, I like to get in the weeds with the numbers and X and O's and all that. I'm going to zoom back out to 35,000 feet here. The best thing about Saturday was a 24-point win over a good Matt football team with a good quarterback, good receivers, an offensive line with four returning starters. Kentucky, defensively, I thought, exceeded my expectation. Uh, you hold Miami 100-plus yards less passing. Uh, two nine, didn't allow 300 total. Uh, still, you know, didn't allow a red zone touchdown. They got that one long touchdown, and that was it. So the defense exceeded my expectations, but back to 35,000 feet. Listen, Shut them out in the second half, too, Freddie. It's just, listen, it's a 24-point win over a good Mac team in the first game. And we all tried to tell people there is so much new about this Kentucky offense. That's why I couldn't predict the season. That's why I had a hard time with this. And, it, you know, and it kind of went that way. So – but back at 35,000, big win. Week one is hard. A lot of new players beat a good Mac opponent that's projected to win the division by 24 points. I'll take it every every day in an opener, Drew. I'll take that. But I, I have to go the opposite way that Luckett did. I think I'm one of the people who he called out for not liking Levis jumping in the air. Since I was sitting next to Levis or L- Luckett, I cannot speak, and I yelled, "No, not this game!" I think uh, he's one of the people I'm, I'm speaking about. But uh, what I liked, I, I don't want to take the obvious answer and say Barry and Brown's touchdown um, run. Obviously, that's all of our favorite part of the game. But I like that <laughs> he and Dane Key answered the questions that we had. We heard all fall about how good they're going to be. All this hype. Dane this, Dane that from my colleague Ryan. And both of them performed right away, right out of the gate, and proved that the hype is real and that they're going to be uh, making plays from day one on campus. We've already seen it. So I'm going to be very broad in my takeaway and just say the two freshman wide receivers really showed out and it didn't, it didn't take long. I, I want to get more into the weeds, but I just can't ignore the commenters who are falling in love with Adam. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who knew he had such a face for YouTube? I mean – I, I thought I was the star, but goodness gracious, luck it. Uh, take a bow. Is your wife, is she the one? She got a bunch of burners or something? What's going on here? I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> yeah, for, for our podcast listeners, everyone on YouTube is talking about how hot luck it is. So. Yeah, didn't realize he was so handsome. No kidding. 
<laughs> She's oh, gonna man. get a kick out of this when I go upstairs. How about I, Luke I D says I'd hold his hand in public? <laughs> wow. Y'all get y'all get a room. Oh man. I uh I do wanna add to both what Freddie Andrews said. Starting with the the defense though, just because this was a team that took a, a unit in particular in the secondary took a lot of heat last year, rightfully so. Uh, that they, they weren't great in this game after the first drive. I mean, I I expect you to give up some points and give up some plays on that first drive. You know, there's a lot of juice, there's a lot of nerves in there. You know, I, sorry, throw that one away, and they gave up two field goals the rest of the game, and one of those field goal drives. Uh, they needed the ref's help like seven times to get down the field. That pass interference on Carrington Valentine. I get okay if you want to call it like, oh, he was early in the ref. Just call it holding. Like pass interference is like contact at the end of the route. Just call it holding, not a pass interference when they throw the ball into the bleachers. That 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 would be the only concern I have though is that was on the heels of him whiffing on a cornerback blitz. But aside from that. I mean, Miami had, I think, two passes the entire night over 15 yards. They were not explosive. The, the defense is getting back to, to what it's, it, it's great at under Mark Stoops, and that's limiting the big plays. You know, they pop a big run early on, but everything else was just scrambles, right? The run defense was stout. Jacquez Jones looked like a dude who's played 70, football games in the Southeastern Conference. And J.J. Weaver, as much as it, it, it took him – a little while, like I feel like, especially defensive line, just going up against guys who block differently. Once he got going, I mean, he has a strip sack, he blocks a kick. I mean, th- and that was just like a, a, a little bit of sprinkle of him. Once those guys in the trenches get a little bit more warmed up, lucky and, and and get that um, shake off that rust. Like I, I really liked what we saw from the defense. Uh, you know, Mac, Mac caliber opponent aside. Yeah, I think it's really important that two completions over 15 yards. This was a quarterback last year. Over 20% of his pass attempts went over 15 yards. Like, this was an explosive passing game. And Kentucky took that away. Um, I thought he might have gotten him early on that P.I., and then I went back and watched the tape, and it's an egregious call. I mean, it is an awful call. It's one of the worst P.I. calls we'll probably see all year. It was awful. Because um, then he, he, he does that. They huddle up, and then he doubled down. Like, he was an awful call by that official. Um, but defensively, I think the back seven I was really impressed with. Uh, Weaver, I think, did some good things. The linebackers were also – like, Square and Jones are just like um, – they have, like, PhDs in defensive football, what Kentucky wants to do, um, and play recognition and communication. That They're just they're just two steps ahead, it seems like, of everybody else. And then in the secondary, I think it's improved. Um, Geiger and Asian are sound there at the two safety spots. Um, and then we'll Carrington, Asian too. I mean, Carrington, Keedron Smith as a corner duo together is an upgrade. Um, we saw tackling out of the cornerbacks. It's not something we saw a lot last year. Um, and then Afari at that kind of hybrid position. I mean, he's got some thump to him and he looked like he belonged and was making play. So that was good to see. The real worry for me was, like, the defensive front. And I say this, like, I thought the twos played well. I thought I thought Saunders flashed. I thought Deion Walker did some good things. But the one specifically, like, Rodgers and Ox, and, and then Hayes is the other one in the twos. I thought he played well. But, like, Rodgers and Ox, they just need more from them, both of them. I, I, I just thought – I thought I was going to get more from, from them going into that game. Um, so that that left me a little disappointed. And I thought Ripka played. He, I thought he flashed a little bit too. So he was so he was good. I thought, but Rogers and Ox, they Kentucky needs more out of them. They need some playmaking out of those guys. And so that's really what I came walking away from the game with. I felt pretty good about the defense. And you get Jordan right back, it's even going to be even better in kind of that back seven. But they need they need that their starters on the defensive line to really give them more because they have the depth there, I think, with the twos. And those guys are going to be able to stay fresh all year. You look at the snap count, they were all hovering around 35 snaps. And that's kind of the sweet spot if you can keep that going for the year. But they need they need their starters need to be better. Drew, I just love that since we're on YouTube, you can see Freddie's exasperation whenever Luckett mentioned Rodgers and 
in Ox because Freddie, I know you're 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 thinking the same bit, and there's also a part of you that your mind is saying something different than what's going to come out of your mouth because you're not going to be a jerk about it. But I, I think you're in the same boat uh, with Luckett when it comes to the two guys who were really supposed to be the the stars of that 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 front three. Yeah, I'm actually watching Yellowstone, so I kind of lost <laughs> zoned out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I totally agree. I mean, I didn't zero sacks come from the defensive line. You had two linebackers and a DB with the three sacks that Kentucky had, which is not totally uncommon. But that was one of my goals for the game. I wanted to see that defensive front. I just didn't see push. I, I didn't see push penetration uh, from Rodgers. And, and then Ox, you know, Ox did a good job at chasing down some plays. I'll, I'll give him credit from that. Yeah. But you expect him. I mean, we thought he was on the cusp of becoming an all-SEC performer. And against a MAC offensive line, you would expect more there. And I'm just being honest. And uh, But I, I do think the depth is good. Deion Walker flashed. I think mm-hmm. he got tired and, and, you know, a true freshman, the technique kind of evaporates there a little bit. And that's okay. He's going to get better every snap. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those linebackers are good. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a weekly uh, DeAndre Square countdown to 300. He's at 49 to, to enter the 300 club. And shout out to my guy Christian Alt, 482, not in the U.K. Hall of Fame. He's the biggest travesty in the world. I had to get that out of my system. But, anyway – yeah, I mean, and the DBs, I think the secondary is, is better than last year at every spot. Uh, I like Afari Phillips at that medium position. I know right in there, he gives them a lot. But, yeah, I want to see more uh, more forceful play from the ones up front. I mean, that you know, I, that's not a criticism. That's just an observation, and I think that's standardized. That, that's universal across this panel maybe. But, yeah, I wanted to see more. I, I did like that Walker. He didn't get credited for a sack on it, but third and long, Gabbert tucks it and runs, and, and Walker yeah. can chase him down, and he only gets like one or two yards. You know, Khalil Saunders, there was one play where he was so close to getting home, and Gabbert ended up busting free. And, you know, luckily, I think it was um, – I think it was the one of the freshmen. I think it was Afari was waiting for him about four yards down the field. The freshmen in general, like that's that's the biggest takeaway I, I can have, and, and it's across the board. Like Stoops was adamant all preseason that this was his best group of freshmen he's had since he got to UK, and that's abundantly clear. I mean, the plays that Afari was making in the open field, he ended up being second on the team in tackles. Like that, that's a very hard job, and he played it well. That the same thing for Keaton Wade. I mean they rarely roll out roll out outside linebackers. And they were going to do it in this first game because they didn't have rights. They kind of had to. And then it's third and long. They run a screen. He recognized it and just saws a guy in half. I mean, looked, I mean it, was, it was a very savvy play. Those guys were not missing a beat. And then offensively uh, with, with those guys, like, like if we talk a lot on 11 personnel about changing your roster through recruiting and – I know that uh, I asked Stoops after the game about this, and I don't think Kentucky's going to abandon that identity completely. But the strength of the team is no longer running the ball and getting downhill and just bullying the hell out of people's. It's the receivers and quarterback. I mean, Tavion Robinson was incredible. He was a stud. And I know we we, we wanted to temper expectations because he shares the last name of his predecessor who broke every record you can break in one season at UK. But he was outstanding. Um, he's going to be an NFL player. Barry and Brown was awesome. He was casually awesome. Didn't even look like he was trying that hard. And then Dane Key has been as steady as you could possibly expect. And you know what? Out of all of those guys, we're not even mentioning, you know, Chauncey Magwood having a, a, a nice touchdown reception. Uh, Jordan Dingle throwing out the juke stick a little bit. I mean, these Marcus down. Harris, huge catch in a two-minute drill to extend the drive and really be a drive starter. And that yeah. that catch allowed them to go down and kick a field goal at the horn. Like, we're, we're seeing Kentucky change who they are offensively. And to Freddie's point about the preseason, it's hard to know exactly what we're going to get. And, and, I, and I think that's going to be the case at Florida where we still don't know exactly, but you, uh, you, you can't rely on this running back room as it stands right now to play that kind of mauling, mauling football. You know, you, you just can't work it. 
Yeah, I think it, it, you got to look at the personnel. Where are your strengths, right? I think uh, pass, a pass-heavy Kentucky may be something we see a little bit more this year. But, I mean, especially without Rodriguez. That's until Rodriguez gets back. When Chris gets back, it changes a little bit. But you don't have Chris right now. So that's kind of the prism we're looking in, as is. Uh, it changes when Chris gets back. And I think, like, you do – there is this aspect where you do need to lean into Levis. Like, if he's your guy, you've got to – you're going to have to throw the ball ball more. But um, you also need to realize what kind of offense this is, and the play-action pass game is going to be huge uh, for you. So, so th- this could be an offense that changes, you know. It could change midseason whenever 24 gets back in the lineup. Um, but I do think your point there, Nick, right, recruiting-wise, like, they have totally flipped the wide receiver. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not even – they're, yeah, they're, you know, it's. I mean, it's night. It's night and day. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I in our live show at Kroger Field after the game, like let's just call it what it is. They have three pros at receiver. Mm-hmm. Tavian Robinson is going to be a draft pick after this year, and Dane Key and Barry and Brown have all the potential in the world, and there are um, and they've already exceeded, I think, what our early expectations were for both of them coming into the program. And so that, that that makes you think, well, maybe they, they can be better than we, maybe we even thought at the beginning. And so that is just very, very exciting for not just for the present, but for the future. Um, Kentucky had this reputation of Mark Stoops. You know, you know, it was a, like the big joke was they can't pass the ball. They, sh- they should run the option full time with Lynn Bolden. And they have totally flipped that in two years, three years. Um, now that this is the beginning, I think, of kind of a pass game revolution we're going to see in Kentucky. Since you think it'll um, change when Chris Rodriguez comes back, Nick, why don't you just go and tell us when Chris Rodriguez is coming back? (laughs) I've got some Chris Rodriguez thoughts. And before I get too angry, let me just talk about our friends at Prospects. Because I don't want to be upset when talking about all the money that you can win when you play with Prospects. Um, If you haven't downloaded the app, what the hell are you waiting on? Download Prospects today to play Daily Fantasy with our friends. It's the best way to get in on the action in 70% of the United States and in Canada, right? It's pretty much everywhere. I know in the state of Kentucky, we're not allowed to make certain wagers, but you can play with prize picks. Download the app. Use promo code KSR to get an instant 100% bonus on up to $100 on your first deposit. So download 100 bucks, Get $100 more to play with. This week, we've got NFL games coming up. So for Thursday Night Football, you can bet Josh Allen over so many yards. Uh, I know they're giving away a Tom Brady square in your parlays. I mean, it's an outstanding, fun way to change up your gambling ways. So download the PrizePix app today or visit prizepix.com. Use the code KSR. Claim your bonus today. Um, I, I just got to say, too, that this isn't just apply for the pros. They have it in college. And the Will Levis numbers were very fun because getting over 300, that, that was that was Penix. That was potatoes. We knew that was coming like it from a mile away. Yeah. You just you – know, don't watch the game. Just listen to me and Ralph. What, what are the people doing here? <laughs> um, we won't – whoever Mark Stoops' bosses' bosses are just aren't doing their job. Like, I don't know who is on a power trip over there. But Soups is clearly like, – I just want him to start naming names. If he doesn't want to do that personally, Mark, just give me a call. I will name names. We will put the public heat on him. <laughs> tell, is- tell, tell us who the suit is so we can turn up the heat. Let Here's us know who the, the suit is. They, whoever that suit is doesn't <laughs> understand what pays the bill. It's football, all right? And you need Chris Rodriguez playing down in the swamp. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I don't care what high and mighty altruistic personality you got. Like, that that, that means nothing, okay? Wins and losses mean everything. I don't give a damn about your principles or whatever it is. He should be in the game. And if not, you got to say something. Because right now, everybody just thinks it's Mitch. I think it's some soup. Today, soups was like, well, it's it's a holiday, so I don't know anything. Holiday? Who over there is taking a day off? It's football season, damn it. Get your ass in there and get Chris Rodriguez in the game. They need him in the swamp. Let him play. Tell the suit to get back from the late. Like, get up here. Sign a paper and let's play football. It's going to stay warm all September long, all right? You can go to Harrington any day of the week. You can cut out at 3 o'clock. You can get your fishing in at night. 
we know it's not that hard to be a suit. It just, it tries. I'm just, I, I'm so sick and tired of, of all this gobbledygook. And it's, and Stoops has made it clear. Like he would play all of these dudes if he could. They're captains for crying out loud. Nobody thinks anything that they did was wrong except one Jagaloon that's over there working at the University of Kentucky. Go off, Roush. <laughs> Tell them about well, it. Well, and, and the part that is even more infuriating. We're going to have to clip this rant. Is that, yeah. <laughs> is that like it's it's nothing on smoke or rot. Like those guys just don't move a pile, right? Like they, 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 they can't get hit at three yards and turn it into seven or eight. And you got to do that at Florida. Watch them back. Some of that game between Florida and Utah, those dudes were hitting. They were hitting, and they were hitting good. And I just the, – the part that really hurts Will Levis in this passing game is not being able to keep the defense honest when you're – in the play action, right? Like, I, I want to say there were three or four occasions instantly where the outside linebackers crashing hard down in, and he just pays no mind whatsoever – to that that fake run, and Levis is immediately looking at him instead of Why looking downfield. Why would you? You're not going to hurt me with a run right now. Yeah, you can't. Miami played against Kentucky exactly how I would. Force that offensive line to communicate, play games up front, twist, stunt, run blitz, delay blitz, and when you you know when you, when you can't run the football, which Rodriguez, I mean, again, with him there, you run the football, but him there also, you have a play action game. I would not honor that play action game no. until, until you make me. And I can't believe we've gone 35, 25 minutes and 40 seconds without talking about the offensive line. Uh, but until you make me honor that, I'm not going to uh, – you, you can do all the fake handoffs you want to. I'm going to either come after the quarterback or I'm just going to sit back and coverage because you're not going to hurt me with the run right now. 50 yards, I understand you had to take away sacks. Still, that was not up to standard of a Kentucky running game. No, when you that's look what at Florida, the, that's what Florida's going to do. They're going to get in too high and say, God, if you can't run it, you know, we're not Kentucky, giving anything big. Kentucky's last in the SEC in rushing. When's the last time we've seen that under Mark wow. behind Mississippi State and South Carolina? Mm-hmm. It's totally unacceptable. And, and a lot of that's got to do with Rodriguez being out. But with the offensive line, uh, you know, I, I watched it from a different eye than a lot of people. And I'm glad Mark Stoops said it was it was mainly four out of five positions did what they were supposed to. I thought Jagger played well. Uh, he graded out the highest on the offense of PFF. He got turn one. There was con- some communication issues, one, uh, not just Jagger, but the, the whole line went the wrong way a couple of times. Levis went the wrong way a few times. I mean, there was a lot that goes into that offensive line position. The left tackle position struggled. Let's just be honest. I mean, that that was that was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that that's why this week you're going best five. You have to go best five against Florida. And I'm not so sure. Eventually, they don't move Jagger out to tackle and have him and Horsey out there. That that could be a play. But you're going to have to go best five because if you can't establish a run, it's hard. And listen, this Florida trip is hard for so many reasons. One, it's going to be so loud. Communication is going to be extremely yeah. difficult. What do you do when you can't communicate? You run the football behind an offensive line and a reliable running back. Right now, I don't see that with Kentucky. That's That's the the communication is a big worry. Yeah, and if you couldn't communicate, I think they're going to improve, but they're going to have to improve that. So I'm not as concerned about the offensive line as I probably should be because I think moving Horsey to tackle is going to help a whole lot. Two, that Florida trip is difficult. You fly into wherever. You stay at Ocala, which is 45 minutes from Gainesville. You don't. The team doesn't stay in Gainesville. You get. A, you have to take that hour-long bus ride from Ocala, Florida, to Gainesville. I mean, it's just a tough trip. So there's going to be a lot going on for a lot of players. This is their first true road trip that they're going to be on the field. So little things like that, you know, concern me going into Gainesville, going to the swamp. But the number one thing that Kentucky's going to have to do offensively is communicate, and that starts up front with a center quarterback on out. Yeah, and there was a lot of firsts in the – go ahead, Drew. I don't want to be the negative guy. I always try to be the positive guy, but I completely changed my pick for the game seeing that offensive line on Saturday. I had Kentucky going down there and winning at Florida, even in my own brain not expecting Chris Rodriguez to play, even though we were still a little hopeful this morning going into the press conference. I was just so disappointed in that group against a Mac school that's tough and physical, and they were veterans. 
but I just it's so hard to see them improving in a matter of days in the swamp where they're already approaching a sellout crowd. I, I'm that I'm so worried about that and then losing the two running backs that I've I've completely gone negative for the week. And and I I didn't think I would do that either, Drew. That was part of the impetus of my Chris Rodriguez rant. I don't think you're winning down there without him because the guy you brought in to replace him got hurt on his third carry or second carry. He had the best run of the night and he just immediately gets hurt. I mean, he's going to be out for several weeks. Jatah McClain is quote unquote week to week. And then Lavelle Wright, who I thought looked the best out of all of them. He had an awesome pass pro um, and, and, and a solid run out there. I mean, he was wearing a red Jersey for half of training camp with a hamstring yeah. and, and like those, that that's an injury. If you overwork it, you're done. And then it's just smoking. Who else? You know, like it, mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's it's hard to see any, pretty much everything that you didn't want to see in that, like the the worries that you had without Chris Rodriguez. They've all come to light in, well, in here, every form or facet. And here's the deal. I mean, yeah, it came to light with Rodriguez being out, but Kentucky has again. We have to step back sometimes, and I do myself. I don't want to tell anybody what to do. I have to step back and, th- and understand this is a new Kentucky football program. Kentucky has better athletes than Utah. Kentucky has the athletes that Florida's got. Maybe some, some positions, you know, you can't say that Kentucky's going to, to the swamp and every position group is advantage to the Gators. That's different. So I do like that fact for Kentucky going down there. And Mark Stoops, how many times has he done this? Don't hit the panic button. Go back to work. See how much better we get week two. And I want to see, you know, again, Horsey to tackle improves that line because of communication, because of guidance inside. But, again, communication, communication is the key going down to Florida. If Kentucky does that, listen, I think Kentucky can win. But there's going to have to be a lot cleaned up between today and Saturday. A couple of things. Um, It was just offensive line was brand new. I mean, there was brand new everything. Mm-hmm. Eli Cox, first game at center. Tayshawn Manning, first game at Kentucky. Jeremy Flax, first college start. Jagger Burton, first college start. Uh, David Wollabaugh, first college start. Kenneth Horsey has to come off the bench for the first time in a long time in his playing career. Zach Yenzer, his first game as an, a num- the number one offensive line coach at a Power 5 school. He had been in the NFL as an assistant. Um, I, I guess he was at Kansas, but either way, Kansas, yeah. So a long time. So there was a lot going on with that group. Then you dig into fall camp, a lot of injuries. They just haven't been able to build continuity. I think what we're seeing here is they're on Plan C at tackle, and I don't know if there's a a Plan D or, or Plan E. There's not. There's not. Plan, like yeah. Plan A was at addressed. If you lose their roles and thrall, address this in the transfer portal. Yeah. Whatever reason, they did not address it in the transfer portal. Um, but now, there's not a lot of depth at tackle because everybody needs them. But there were some guys that they probably could have went after that they didn't and that are starting for Power 5 schools now. Plan, B was, yeah. plan, sorry, B, no. plan B was DeAndre Buford or David Wollabaugh win the job. That didn't happen. And so now you're on plans. Like the, that last thing you really want to do was kick out an all-SEC potential guard and make him play tackle. Yep. And so that that is, you know, a concern, but it's what you got to do now. Like, it's no, like, it's just what you got to do for the team. Like, you got, this is what's best for the team right now. Yeah. Um, you just got to figure it out. I'm sorry, Adam. I spoke over you like three times there. It's man. okay. Go ahead, Freddie. delay, man. I, I'm, I'm about that bad. Drew, here, here would have been a wonderful concept if the damn old line coach last year would have played some of these guys every now and then. Maybe Kentucky wouldn't be screwed right now. I mean, I yeah. think this is a direct reflection of not developing uh, depth players from the offensive line coach a year ago. Yeah. And I, 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 I'll take on anybody that's, that would argue that. You get what you produce, and here we are with this tackle situation, and a large part of that has got to do with last year. I'm sorry. It does. And you're not the only one that thinks that. I mean, the players themselves, without coming out and saying it directly, some of the younger guys said they feel like they were a little behind last year and they weren't behind it because their own abilities, I think they realized they weren't getting the coaching they thought they deserved. Now they're seeing what good coaching is in Yenzer, yeah. but they're set back a little bit because that wasn't there last year. Yeah. Uh, it, it Lazy on the recruiting trail. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on how that went wrong. Uh, we won't say his name again because Nick Saban doesn't even know it, but I do think that was a big hurt, that experiment one year with the, on the big blue wall. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, and these guys didn't get game reps last year. That, that's I mean, who redshirts these days? Who stays four or five years now? Why not play Jagger Burton last year? Why not throw David Wallaby out there? Why hurt Jeremy Flax's confidence and not put him out there? I mean, there's so many questions that I have. Uh, but, hey, listen, I, I'll stop. Forget it. I'm done. You know what, though? Flax did play well. So, you got to give he him – he, 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 You never – the thing with Lyman, uh, my motto is, um, you know, who – it's kind of like special teams. Like you don't notice them until they're bad or you get like 17 kicks blocked like LSU did last night. Um, Not all on the line. There's a guy carrying the football too. Yeah. 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 That, yeah that, exactly, Adam. Exactly. But there's, I think there's, the, there's tape. There's reps on tape you can find where they missed, where, missed they, the where they should have ran. They missed the yeah. cutback lane. But like, So it's, it's not just – it's no. not just the four guys, and they had their issues, and they got to figure it out. But um, they need some help too. The yes. the one thing that I I, I do want to some of it uh, on us is people who follow this program closely. You know, we we just the big blue wall has been great for five plus years, so you just yeah. assume that you you give them a lot of the benefit of the doubt in these situations. But the part that we really overlooked was just the injuries, and in between. Uh, scrimmage one and scrimmage two. When I asked Kangarella what he wanted to see, and he was just like, I just want to see the five all five offensive line playing because Manning had been banged up, right? Like, um, so had Horsey, you know, like they, they were moving all these parts around, and there was there was a lot of lack of continuity in the preseason, and I could hear it in Eli Cox's voice in the post game. Um, uh, so I don't know if you can develop that in a week. Oh, I, I will also add too that I think for the most part they did a lot of all right. We're gonna we're not gonna do a, a ton to help you. Like we're gonna keep a running back back maybe, but like the tight end kind of stuff to slide protection over and add uh, some more. Like it, it felt like they were just saying, "Hey, show us what you got, and we'll adjust accordingly." I think yeah. they can do more to help these guys out down in, in the swamp next weekend. Well, there was. Let's go ahead, Adam. I think purposefully they weren't like there was some five and six mainly six man protections with the back. Um, you're going to see seven man protections with tight end here in Gainesville. Yeah. I think that was they wanted to see what they had. Yeah, especially yeah, with David Wallaball. I think they're at left tackle. So I think you're going to see a different offense here. Um, Mark Stoops now is kind of notorious for how they play these game week ones, whether yeah. it's a MAC team or. Sunbelt team or an FCS team, like it's usually pretty sloppy. Um, it's usually like close for a half when you weren't expecting it. There's usually an early turnover or two, um, but they kind of figure it out at the end and pull away late. Uh, and then you could you come out in week two and you're like, oh, they look a lot better. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case here um, because I do want to get into this. Like, there is a rat poison scenario here with Florida. Oh, <laughs> I mean, love it. They, I mean, they're playing Georgia for the East in the cocktail party this week. Like it is, you know, Billy Napier's already came out and he said, you know, he's already trying to fight against it. You know, I know people are going to want to crown the Gators this week because we all know how that fan base is, but you know, there's still a lot of work we need to do, but like all national media, they are going to be the talking point. Anthony Richardson won SEC player of the year. Yeah, they're talking about about him like he's, you know, the next T-Bower Cam Newton this week. He's winning the Heisman, all of that. And if Kentucky's a team we think we are, we think they are, for Florida, with their current roster situation, it's going to be – it would be very, very hard to beat teams of Utah and Kentucky's caliber in back-to-back weeks. Like, to play that well, if Kentucky goes down there and plays well, like I think they are going to because of their track record. So, from that aspect, I think Kentucky's walking into a pretty good situation here. Um, it's just, you just, if they can't run the ball, you, you just don't feel great about the situation. They have to get something uh, from this running game. Um, but part of the reason you hire a guy from an NFL background is because of what he can do from a schematic standpoint to figure stuff out. Because in the NFL, you got to get creative uh, because sometimes you're just guys you can't block on the other side. So, you have to find ways just to get something on the ground to open up all the play action stuff you want to run. So I think big week for Rich Gangarello to see what he can draw up. Um, but I do think from a situation standpoint, this is a good spot. I think Kentucky's walking into 
Like, they played good last week, but no one cares about that because Florida beat Utah and because Anthony Richardson ran for a 40-yard touchdown. And he brought and he made some, made some crazy good plays in the red zone. The two-point um, so, play was nuts. And so there are they are going to be hyped up big time this week. And who knows? Maybe they are like top ten good, top five good. Um, but if you're not that good, it's, it'd be very it's going to be very hard for any program to beat teams caliber of Utah and Kentucky. I think in back to back weeks. I, I, the one thing though about all of, like look at I. I'm steering into this scenario now because I. the big thing about Florida under Dan Mullen, Freddie, they were just soft as hell, right? Like, they had a ton of really good skill players. Uh, Kadarius Tony, Kyle Pitts, like the receivers, the quarterbacks, right? I mean, they, they were all good. But they didn't play very physical. They, they went out, and I, I thought Utah was going to just ram it down their throat, and they were just going to tap out. Billy Napier got them playing some physical football. So now we got to hope that the rat poison sets in, that they are teed up. But – the thing about Anthony Richardson, though, like putting all that aside, like I, I think Kentucky does have the right guys to combat a lot of this. I, but it goes back to the red zone play. And that dude is going to score. Like if they get in the red zone, I'm just I'm I'm considering it a touchdown. Like Anthony Richardson is that hard to defend down in the red zone. And that's what drew it goes back to me being so pissed off about Chris Rodriguez because Kentucky had four red zone trips. Uh, in the first half last week, two of them, they kicked field goals. One of them, they threw an interception because they couldn't just give it to 24 and let him bowl his way into the end zone. You need guys like that in the red zone, and that's that's what Richardson does better than uh, better than most. Richardson's obviously very scary, and I don't even know what you tell your team when they've seen that clip on you know Instagram and TikTok and everything for the last two days because I've seen it a thousand times myself. But, I mean, Kentucky's – Pretty equipped with a pretty good linebacker core, we've discussed. I'm not saying that they're going to stop him, but they're about as ready as you can be, especially with how Jacquez Jones looked that entire game and DeAndre Square now playing Florida for a 12th time. Those guys won't be rattled by the swamp and everyone around them. So, yes, I mean, that guy is unbelievable. But I, I do like Kentucky's front seven enough, mainly the linebackers there, in a, in a goal line situation to at least have a chance. Now, I'm with you. I'm not going to be very optimistic, but it, at least you have a crew that has has an opportunity. Yeah, um, obviously different coaching, right? But, like, Florida this time last year had, like, the running game. I mean, everybody was scared of. Like, the week before, they ran for, like, 260 yards on Alabama, and it was how can Kentucky kind of stop them? And Brad White figured it out. They've had all summer to watch Louisiana tape, and they've been game planning for this game for a while. They're going to have a plan here. And, you know, they are more familiar with the personnel, obviously, than Kyle Winningham and Utah. And if you dig into Utah's personnel, it was brand-new defensive line. Like, that was the big question with Utah. It was like replacing the defensive line, and then they lost their alpha dog at Mike Linebacker, Devin Lloyd, who's now with the Jaguars. It was a first-round pick. So their front was – kind of retooling there. So that was a tough first game for Utah. I do think Florida's got, like, a good offensive line. It's one of the best offensive lines they had. A guy from Louisiana, Osiris Torrance, is a stud at right guard. Um, so they are going – it's going to be a challenge stopping that run game. But when you look at their personnel receiver-wise, like, there's no one that – it's not like Steve – it's not Steve Spurrier personnel receiver. Like, there's no one that really scares you, I would say. Now, I say that someone's going to go 60 yards on top of Kentucky's head. But, like, I, I think you don't – like, that doesn't scare you. So, I think Kentucky should be able to handle that with how they play, um, especially how they take away the big plays. And it just comes down to getting 15 on the ground. Where he, where he scares you really is off script, you know, where then you, you he breaks contain, safety gets out of position, someone sneaks out, he can throw it over top. Um, but Utah did a good job of keeping everything in front. He just They just couldn't. They couldn't get them behind the chains at all, and that's how Florida scored a lot of their points. But um, I think Kentucky's going to have a good plan, and I'm very interested to see how they come out and kind of scheme up against uh, really Florida on both sides of the ball. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. But I do like that you have 1,700 years of experience with linebackers. You're going to have Trevin Wallace back. That was another injury. Uh, piece of news that we learned today. He was it's kind of a game time decision going into the game. Uh, Dear Jackson, he's a good player. He'll be fine. Um, so so they did hold out Wallace for a game. People forget 
but they don't at all because it's one of the greatest plays ever. Wallace's 76 yard uh, return yeah. for a touchdown last year against the Gators. Um, man, I there's just there's so much uh, uh, angst I'm feeling in this game, Drew. I don't know what it is because I, I just want to beat Florida so bad. It's been so good to get that upper hand on him. And I, I, I just I hope that that uh, not the juice. But I, I just want that – I just I love having that upper hand on the Gators, damn it. And they, their coach isn't as hateable as Dan Mullen. Now Mullen's trying to get back on our good side. But I still want to put Ford in their place. I'm, people are so quick to jump on the Anthony Richardson bandwagon and abandon the Will Levis one. It just, it just makes me angry. I want to bring him back down to earth. But I'm still very worried about playing this football game um, without a couple of team captains. And it's, it's not just about getting another one on Florida after decades of losing to them. If you do lose this game, which is completely fair when you're a five-point underdog, there's really nothing they can do the next two weeks to get that full excitement back. People will still be down, even though that's a little unfair. But if you win this and assume you take care of business at home, you've got a 4-0 record heading down to likely a 4-0 Ole Miss and the excitement is through the roof. And that one, of course, is obviously winnable. I think Kentucky's a better team than Ole Miss. And Lord willing, we'll have the running backs back and the line will figure some things out. So I think really this Florida game isn't just about beating Florida. It's about keeping everybody with this energy we've never seen before for, for the next month uh, until you really get into the meat of the SEC schedule. Yeah, it's a table setter for the season. Uh, like Kentucky can get to where they get to with the loss to Florida, but it eliminates pretty much all wiggle room. But if it's a, if he's the game, you can go down there and still as a short dog. Um, then, then anything's possible. But this season. I, I will say though that we like the season isn't over if you lose to Florida either. No, you know yes. you've got between Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Florida win at least one of them. But if you win two, like gravy, baby, you can still be in a New Year's Six game. So um, that's something we also have to keep in mind. Um, going down into the swamp. Freddie, uh, I, I don't know how much of that that Florida-Utah game you've watched, but I'm, I'm just curious, generally speaking, what are your thoughts on the Gators? Well, when Mark, when Mark Stoops speaks, I listen. When he says don't, don't, they're not hitting the panic button on the offensive line and all that, I'm, then I believe him. And, uh, and I think Kentucky and Florida personnel-wise is a watch for me. There's, one, there's, there's two players – to look for on the Florida defense and how they're utilized. Brenton Cox Jr. is a pass rusher. Florida had zero sacks against Utah on 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 Saturday and two tackles for loss. So the Gators didn't exactly dominate the line of scrimmage and get across the line of scrimmage. But I want to see how Trey Dean plays this Kentucky offense. With Rodriguez out and, and Kentucky not being able to run the football on Saturday, maybe that's different because the game plan was, listen, let's throw the football. Kentucky didn't get to a lot of exotic personnel sets. There's a lot of things Kentucky did, did did and did not do in that game plan that I think is going to be different against Florida. But how does Trey Dean play? I think he's a very good player, a safety for Florida. You're not going to have him sneaking down in the box to stop the run with Rodriguez. So you're going to allow a very good safety to play at depth to, to prevent the shots downfield and to play uh, the pass because that's how Florida, until Kentucky can hurt them a little bit through the run, that's how Trey Dean is going to play. He's going to play back, play center field, try to get a pick here and there. So, for me, those two players uh, are key. Anthony Richardson, in my opinion, is special. But, again, I think Kentucky is much better defensively than Utah, better athletes. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I – I'm not totally, I'm not giving up on this game at all. Like I said, Stoop said not to hit the panic button. I'm not. I think we're going to see a different Kentucky team, which excites me. But also, there's so many newness to this. Uh, last last week was a new to play in a home game, to play in your first college game, to play in a new position, to play in whatever. This week is new to travel. You know how many of these players have never been on a plane before? You know that happens. That and I, I was a player and on the staff. I mean, you got players that's never flown before i mean it's a big deal for the first travel game so so many unknowns here but i do think kentucky will play better the personnel to me is a wash i think richardson is a difference maker at quarterback uh uh napier brought some tone setters over from louisiana with him 
helped him with the locker room, helped him create culture. I love the hire. I think he's a great organizer because last year Florida was soft, unorganized, undisciplined, and and unprepared. I think that that's totally opposite this year. But I do think that Kentucky, if you take a step back, has the better football team. It's going to be two good quarterbacks going at it. But for me, how does Brandon Cox do on the edge? And how does Trey Dean play back there? Will he sneak up if Kentucky can start running the game? Does he stay back in coverage? If so, then, then it's going to be hard to throw anything vertical against the Gators. Yeah. Florida ran for 280 yards against Utah. If they run for 280, 180 yards on Saturday, Kentucky's not winning a football game. Um, 140 on like 10 carries came from, or 11 carries came from Anthony Richardson. So yeah. you got to limit. Run. Well, you, you're not going to stop them completely. You have to limit the run. Um, Utah ran for 230 yards, average six yards per attempt. They got 80 plus yards from their quarterback. Um, who's kind of a similar athlete, I would say, to Will Levis, two 20-plus yard runs. There's, They can be had on, within their run defense. Um, so, that, like I get back to, I'm interested to see what Rich Gangarello can scheme up. If the offensive line um, can get aggressive, hold their own, and make, make a couple good blocks, they could really get something on the ground, and that could open up everything for Kentucky. Yeah, I think so, the Green's going to be won or lost in the red zone. And that, too. That was not good against Miami at all. As far as red zone, there's a difference. Red zone conversions, whether it counts field goals and touchdowns, and red zone touchdowns. Kentucky three out of six on on red zone touchdowns. Uh, Florida, I think, is automatic with Richardson. He reminds me of Lamar Jackson in the red zone. Just buckle up and hope he hope he fumbles. Is about all you can do because you're not yeah. stopping him inside the five yard line. And defensively, they both both these teams kind of play the same. Um, this is not Grantham over there. Uh, they're they're going to be willing to give up some stuff underneath to prevent to guard the big play. Um, so when you play like that, you there's going to be a lot. You're going to be in your territory a lot as a defense. And Kentucky kind of plays like that. So I think both these teams are going to move the ball. It's what they do when they cross um, the other team's forty. Like who is best at finishing drives? I think it's a Huge part in this game, and then obviously, you know, turnovers. Uh, this is going to be a close game. It's probably going to be a limited possession game, so a turnover is huge in this contest. If you get, you know, if you go up up there plus two, that's a really big deal in a game like this. One one thing I love about our new weekly shows at seven p.m. on the KSR Football Podcast, they're live on YouTube. We have the chat fe- feature. We also have the super chat feature. The chat. I mean, this is a lot of fun. It's new things. Come join us every week. Uh, Luke D wants to ask if we think they'll move the pocket with Levis to help the line and get him in space. And uh, to, to add to that question, do we, do we think this is a uh, Will Levis runs the ball some more? Like you're wanting him to lower his shoulders. He going to run the damn ball. Yeah, I think you have to just a little bit, not a lot. I think you just got to get, you got to get something. You got to manufacture some yards on the ground. Um, I think jet sweeps going to be in the package this week. And I think you'll, you'll see maybe a, a design run or two with Levis. Nothing crazy, um, but something yeah. to try to, to just give the defense another look. Um, and I do think you're going you're, you're gonna to see a different pass protection plan on Saturday than you saw against Miami, Ohio. They were pretty, I thought, vanilla from, in their pass pro plan. And Scangarello talked about his background day one, media day, about how he wasn't worried about protecting the quarterback and whatnot. I think you're going to see a more detailed kind of pass protection plan for, especially for Brenton Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, him and him and Gervon Dexter, number nine and number one, are the two guys up front. Kentucky's got to get blocked. Um, if they get Dell's blocked, they in theory they should have to. Levis should have some time to dissect the defense. So um, I think you're going to see some different stuff, and mainly stuff they maybe held close to the vest. I think that was part of it, kind of how they're going to move the puck and how they're going to do things in the passing game to make sure Levis is upright and has a chance to make some throws. But at the same time, there are times where you just got to – you're in third and eight. They know you're passing. you yeah. got to be able to protect. So that right. can Kentucky hold up enough in those situations is also important. Freddie made the point earlier. I don't know how we made it 25 minutes without talking about the O-line. I don't know how we made it 55 minutes without mentioning that other team. <laughs> that, that lost to Syracuse. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Drew, Luckett and I were listening to call-in radio at 1.30 a.m. And you know how I I realized I like more than call-in radio after a bad loss is Facebook comments on Louisville football posts. And I know sometimes the algorithm (laughs) is scary, 
But oh, thank you so much, Facebook algorithm, for just shoving Louisville football posts in my face. It's just like a picture of Malik Cunningham, and people are just calling him a bum. There was one lady who says, "I, you know, I usually put up my Louisville wreath before football season. Well, I'm glad I forgot it this year because they're a bunch of losers. Like, oh, so funny. I can't get enough of it. Um, the sheriff, he's trying to launch an investigation into Chris Rodriguez because he doesn't have a team worth talking about. They're they're a flaming disaster, and we're not even past Labor Day yet. Yeah, when the three of us left the stadium at about 1.30 Saturday night, we were all jacked up on coffee, and you just can't go to sleep. So I sat up in bed with the replay of the UK game on, and I just searched the word Satterfield on Twitter, just scrolled <laughs> You know, you don't even hit top, you hit last. You can, like, see every tweet. Oh, I just scrolled for hours and hours watching mm-hmm. Louisville fans complain, say, I'm leaving him there in Syracuse, don't come home with him. Then I'll wake up, and I think Christmas is over, and I'm going to be bored with my toys. And Eric Crawford puts out that story of how they were trying to raise $50,000 a month in NIL, but they only got $450, so they lowered their goal to $2,500. I knew they were going to be bad, and I knew the wheels would fall off this hype train eventually, but I didn't think week one at Syracuse by 24 points would be how it'd fall apart, but I loved every second of it. Yeah, there's a big difference in Bentleys and airplanes and uh, and running through the A-gap at Syracuse. And- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you can expect because they're so good. That's that's a tough, such a tough place to play. But uh, they couldn't yeah. stop hey. Garrett Schrader. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't Anthony Richardson. It was Garrett freaking Schrader. Yeah, big difference in uh, uh, recruiting <laughs> picture hype and actually playing the game of football. Uh-huh. And I think Louisville fans out on Saturday. Two, two words here: fake juice. Yeah. Fake juice. Oh, I thought no. their fake juice would at least last a month. It didn't make it a game. <laughs> I mean, at least they had their favorite celebrity at Ohio State that morning because uh, they knew they weren't getting game day. I mean, the, the wheels were falling apart early on the Louisville football train. Somebody said recruits are going to be flipping like a Waffle House pancake, and that's where we were, we were taking in a lot of content. We stopped at the Waffle House on Georgetown Road, and – we're just soaking in all of the Louisville tweets. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man, my cheeks hurt from laughing. I can take this question from Tommy D we just got, who also – what do we call these oh. super chats? Yeah, super Are chat. Super chats. Super duper. Thank you, Tommy, for the super chat. Uh, we're going to go out with that money tonight and party, celebrating this 1-0. But you asked, just out of curiosity and something different, is next year without Levis going to be considered a rebuild year? And the answer is, as long as Levis looks good and the offense looks good, who in the transfer portal wouldn't want to throw to Dane Key, Barry and Brown, and play for an NFL offense? So don't you worry about life after Levis if things go well this season. And maybe I've heard that phone's already been, you know, well, but not ringing. I don't know what's legal, but let's just say <laughs> people are already looking towards Kentucky if that door opens. There's research being done. Well, yeah. 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 Who wouldn't want to play for an NFL coordinator with two receivers that are going to be going to the NFL too? I'd leave whatever scenario I'm in that's not some major, major program. Again, if Will Levis is good, Kentucky should win quite a few ball games this year and it should lead to success there. Yeah. There will be a line out I, I the hate, door. I hate to keep coming back to this, but like this is just – a lot of ways it's just the season this year. You just need uh, – let you know, you've got to ride your horse here and Levis is your horse. And so, like, even this week, you know, this is a – all right, Seven, go win a – you know, that's what it might be this week. Go win us the game here. You know, I think it's a big moment for him Uh, on the road. um, You eat big ESPN. You got Joe Mm -hmm. Tessitore and Greg McElroy on the call. Man. This is a national game. A lot of people are going to be watching this game. And it's a big stage for him, Um, big stage for Kentucky in a spot – they typically play well here at the second FBS game of the season. So very just excited to see what they, they can kind of put out because uh, from a coaching standpoint, I, I would, I, it feels like probably Stoops and them are chomping at the bit this week. Um, because they, like they're worried about the old line and whatnot, but they have some good motivation angles to, to go with here. And so very excited to see what happens at the swamp on Saturday night. I'm, I'm worried about uh, Freddie's neighbors. Um, especially with the test effect in play. My blood pressure is going to be bad. We saw the test effect in week one, 
uh, Florida State and LSU refused to win the game. Um, just quickly, we got to run through some of these crazy games. Which game was crazier? Crazier ending: Florida State LSU or App State North Carolina? App State North Carolina. Forty-fourth quarter points. What's that? Forty-fourth quarter points from App State, and they lost. Yeah, one thing: Gene Chizik goes from the studio to that defense and gives up sixty-three to App State. One, two. Uh, I, I, I may or may not been having a little play on that game, so I, I was tuned in a little bit more than the Florida State-LSU game. Both of them are just – Oh, Nick, do y'all see him froze like that? Oh, <laughs> we're back. Both of them are just – like, it was two teams that going out of their way to beat themselves. Yeah. North Carolina returned on an onside kick. You could have – It's falling down. and Falling down and game's over. Florida State running that – I hate that toss, that little toss power play that team's running, especially on the goal line. It just seems like you're asking for trouble. I mean, all you had to do is really knee it there. Three times, and you would and you make a field goal, the game's over. So, and then as soon as they open those doors, you got to give those other teams credit. They they took advantage to give us some wild football, and I, I don't think it was just them. There was some like there were some wild games this week. Got started on Thursday. Penn State Purdue was nuts. Pitt West Virginia was nuts. Yep. Uh, Utah Florida went back and forth. We got to see the end of it up in the press box, um, and there was a few others too. It was just really a a wild and fun weekend. NC State, East Carolina was crazy. Yeah. Kicker misses a field goal. NC State can't get a first down. Or it misses an extra point, comes oh. back and makes a field goal. It was just a nutty weekend. And come on, it might dude. be a th- sign of things to come for future. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you can't you can't gloss over the fact that Virginia Tech's just a dumpster fire. Oh God. No wonder Tavian Robinson got out of there. What a yeah. smart decision. Um and I here here's an uh, final it's question. Louisville. From uh, Luke D, he asked who would win in a fight, uh, Roush or Young Freddy? Oh, Roush is a, not a fighter. Um, yeah. Yeah. Young Freddy from the mountains with that mullet, like, he, I, I, I'm getting my ass whooped, all right? Like, there, there's, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm a very private person, but Drew knows a little bit about my uh, scuffling history. Uh, I may get into one of these days, but yeah, I just to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, uh, as, as a gambling man, um, when we do the pick three this week, if that's an option, all three of my picks are Freddie in a fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, speaking of, big, big shout out to the Wildcats. As much as uh, folks were, you know, we we shared our, our, a fair amount of crit- criticism throughout this show, um, but. Kentucky covered and kind of made it look easy in the second half. They gave up a field goal. Yeah. They hit their team total. Uh, Will late. Levis said it after the game, he was like, that's the angriest I've ever been after a 300-yard three-touchdown game. Like, Kentucky did a lot of great things. It was a yeah. great start to the season. Um, they're going to be hitting the reset button a little bit. Um, we might be seeing Jordan right back against Florida. Hopefully that might be the case. Um, really? That's a question right there. Some suits might be taking a holiday today, so they couldn't let him come back until Tuesday. Uh, but we're, we're going to there, – there's a lot of uh, – last Saturday was fun because it felt like you, you kind of could do whatever. But now there's this – I've got – the, the anxiousness is already building up for me. This is a huge game on Saturday. Can't wait to see how it all unfolds. I got to know where Freddie's watching it. He's always so superstitious. Like the cat's got to be in the window and you've got to go outside or what's, what's the game watch party look like at the Maggard house? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, if it gets a little, little dicey, I turn my phone on the radio and I go into my bathroom, turn the lights off and hide. And if it gets real dicey, I put my phone in the living room, go in the bathroom where I can't hear anything. And then I'll go outside on my porch and watch through the window, uh, from time to time. And I have, uh, I have two hat racks in my house and I'll change each rack at least three times. So I'll take every hat from one rack and put it on the other. And then if things aren't going good, I'll go to the other rack and move them back to the original hat rack. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm, I'm just a, a total disaster on game. Oh man. Well, we could all be celebrating Saturday night in the swamp. We're going to run it back. I'm excited. We're all excited. Thank you so much for listening, for watching. Thanks to Justice Dental for being the sponsor 
of the KSR Football Podcast and go plug in promo code KSR at prizepicks.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, Drew, did I miss any other housekeeping? I've, I've, we've, we've got a lot of stuff going on now. Yeah, I mean, it's, we had the first action in so long, we could have done three hours here. But I think we covered most of it and answered the questions everyone had. So great work, everyone. Thank you all so much. We'll be back next Monday right here, same time, same place. But we'll have a lot more between now and then. For Adam Luckett, Drew Franklin, and Freddie Maggard, I'm Nick Roush. This has been the KSR Football Podcast. Jackson County at Sean. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.